welcome to Soundchecks Flicks. We're here. Uh, are we calling this backstage at the Casbah? I guess so. I'm Tim Piles. My co-host, Graham Stevens, he's going to tell you all about our mission. Our mission is to sit down with our friends, be it at Soundcheck or if they can come in on their free time, and we sit down and have maybe an hour or so discussion on one of their favorite films. I have found that over the 15 years I've worked here, this has been an amazing connection. It's a it's a wonderful way to feel out someone and, and figure out what they're really about. So this is our way of doing that. We don't want to be the same old boring interview where it's just what's your musical influences, all that garbage. You don't want to do any of that. We're tired of that. We're going to talk to you about a favorite movie there of yours because I feel your personality will come out and the, and our audience will see you for who you really are. And it's and by the selection you choose, always. This, the movie you pick says a lot about who you are as a person. So this week's is really uh -oh. special because we truly lucked out. <laughs> we have Hillary from Lead Pony Hello. joining us. And what's the movie you're going to do? We're going to talk about Labyrinth. I'm very excited. When did you first <laughs> see Labyrinth? I was uh, probably about 12 or 13. And um, yeah, I, I kind of got got a hold of it because one of my i have a pretty like a sister that's 12 years older she came back from college and brought a couple dvds with her okay um lost boys goonies labyrinth and so my other sister and i got a hold of it and um yeah so i was yeah 12 or 13 when i first saw it and i just remember being completely fascinated did you watch it multiple times oh yeah upon first discovering it yes, then of course several yeah. viewings in the first week yeah i mean just to see david bowie's codpiece yeah, the end of the The original uh, Goblin Cock. <clears throat> yeah, just completely fascinated by him. But oh yeah, so since then it's you know just been a staple and um, you know the the movie that we watch in many sister movie nights. And sure. Just on repeats. And Were you a fan of the Muppets and Sesame Street, or was it really the Bowie thing that brings you into that film? It was it was the Bowie thing. Um, Really kind of interesting though, because I was, you know, reflecting on this now since we were, since I had this coming up, and um, kind of realized that the la like labyrinth was really my introduction to Bowie. Crazy, that's your introduction <laughs> to Bowie. Yes, I mean, other than maybe hearing his hits on the radio and stuff, but my parents didn't listen to Bowie growing up, and I, I mean, you know where I grew up, I didn't sure. have a ton of external, you know, like influence. Right. And um, wasn't a whole lot to do where where we grew up, and so I didn't really know much about Bowie until I watched Labyrinth, and so that was quite the introduction to Bowie. You, you grew up in Alpine, up in in Crest, yeah, Crest even. yeah. Okay. And how does the band all find each other back then? You guys have been doing this for a few years now, but Long I think yeah. right now is probably one of the most exciting times and moments for your band. But Absolutely. How yeah. long has Lead Pony, who I uh, so. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we have. I, we go way back. I, I call them Lead Pony upon first seeing the name. Sorry, they uh, all but do. Lead Pony is, is the band, and and yeah, how how long has this band been a project now? So, uh, kind of this variation of it now has been. Um, we kind of just got back to it after COVID. We took okay. all of, we took all of COVID off, and um, had a drummer move and then move back in, within that time frame. And so, really, it's just been you know last year that we're really kicking it off again. Obviously, I've been playing with the members for a long time. You know, the drummer kind of joined us like seven years ago. Jesse and I have been playing for 13 years yeah. right now, a long time. I'm really impressed with both of your, your guys' uh, ability to work together considering you, you had a relationship together for a long time. And yeah. That's really admirable for a couple people. And you, it's your art and music that you yeah. created, and you realize how important that is. And yeah, and it's, you know, it's just been almost half our lives of, of knowing each yeah. other and working together and um yeah just a, a a bond really through the music for sure music is amazing i've heard two tracks from the upcoming album vultures yes. so i've heard in the city and then vultures i think you just released a, a single just the other we day we did it's called strangers so the album is out now at this point vultures with uh, great reception and you're getting ready to do a big like national tour no we're just we're gonna do um it's gonna be about two weeks we're gonna go up the coast up to seattle and back so kind of trying to do the whole like you know conquering our coast a little bit this is your mascot that's for the our mascot tour and to keep yeah. you safe <laughs> and protected take well, the goblin king with own. you no 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 he's yours you could he, he is a gift for you you oh can take gosh. him with you are you serious he was brought in yes 
If you <laughs> love you. Jared this much, you need he needs I do. to be with you. Trust me, I do. Funny he will come is, with us. I didn't buy this Funko Jared. He showed up here at the Casbah. Oh. Yeah. I was Random. clearing the stage one night from trash. And little Jareth is just sitting oh my there gosh. on the front of the stage. Maybe he's just been here waiting for me. Yeah. So I took him home, gave him a home, let him hang out with Joey and Prince and Bob Ross. And <laughs> and I brought him in today, and he can go home with you. He's really something. It, it's actually a really huh. good Funko. It actually really looks like yeah. it. There's some of them that are kind of bad, but that one's a really good one. Well, they talk about his short uh, cane staff, and it's kind of supposed to replicate like a microphone, too. And it kind of looks like that on the Funko. Mm-hmm. So let's Gorgeous. talk about Labyrinth. Labyrinth. Hey. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Did you know that uh, Jareth's considerable bulge was an intentional choice made by <laughs> well, conceptual designer Brian Froud? His son, Brian Froud's son, then, was was the kid. He was Toby. Was Toby, yeah. I feel like Bowie's introduction to the entire movie is just a crotch shot. <laughs> and then you see Bowie. <laughs> It's really. It's his representation. It was, yes, it was a choice. Behold. They decided. <laughs> I just think of all the people involved so crazy with this film. You've got Henson, you've got Lucas, you've got Terry Jones of Monty Python writing this script, plus Frank Oz, who's Yoda among Miss Piggy and you've got Kenny many Baker. Other you got Kenny Baker yeah. and Warwick Davis in the Goblin costumes. So you got R two D two and Willow on the set. Jennifer Conley. This is she's had a couple credits at this point. Oddly enough, she's playing up in this movie. She's 14 when she's filming this, but she's supposed to be 16 in the movie. So she's playing she up a little bit. She's 14. Um, I remember I looked it up just because she was so young anyway. Yeah. And I thought she was 16. Yeah. She's, um, and she was, she was one of those like 80s it girls, like for the Gen X guys like me, uh, you know, Phoebe Cates, Amanda Wiss, Elizabeth Shue. There was those. You know, by the late 80s, there was Bridget Fonda. But there was that murderer's row of girls that we were just all in love with. B.B. Cates was number one on my (laughs) list. But but Jennifer Conley was one of those girls. She was one of them that by career opportunities, you know, she's riding the hobby horse and the target. We're all on board. Like, every Gen (laughs) X guy is in love with Jennifer Conley. Like, and my God, Top Gun Maverick last year. Oh, I hadn't seen it, but I know she's she's gorgeous. I mean, she's 50-something at this point. She sure. walks on the screen, and she just radiates. She just steals the screen from Tom Cruise. Like, she's just beautiful. She's one of my favorite things about We Maverick. should just talk about her this interview instead. <laughs> so, I mean, she, she <laughs> hung out in San Diego. She must have been here for the filmmaking of that. I also love that she, scenes. if you look at her IMDb, she doesn't have, for a person who's been around for almost 40 years in the industry, she doesn't have a ton of credits. She's very selective about she's what she's been she in does. the hard hitters. Yeah, she's very selective. Did she take a long break at any point or something? She just I does like, like maybe one movie a year. Not she, that important. She's married to Paul Bettany. She has. They, I'm sure they have kids. She's she's got her family. She doesn't need it. She's got an Academy Award sitting at home for Beautiful Mind, she's the Best Supporting Actress. So like, Didn't I just love that she, she's a baller. She just calls her shots. Like Hillary. There you go. <laughs> and, yeah. Get Vultures. It's out now by Lead Pony. It is funny that Terry it Jones. Will be, yeah, no, yeah, you're right. Terry Jones wrote that. I, I, I did find that really amazing. I didn't know that he was the guy. And so you're watching the behind the scenes documentary, and they're interviewing him, and all I'm seeing is Brian's mom from Life of Brian, that, or you know, <laughs> Sir Herbert from, from uh, you know, uh, Holy Grail. You know, it's time to sing a song. You know, I mean, I just keep seeing him every time I see Terry Jones, and it just makes me laugh because Monty Python's so great. But. Oh yeah. He's the he wrote this, and I think that's pretty amazing. That's where right? he gets it is. the bog of yeah. eternal stench. Oh, goodness. the bog of eternal <laughs> stench. It's such a, such a good name. It didn't really smell, but it made a lot of lovely noises. It I sure guess, did. That, that actually happening during the filming. Who else uh, actually auditioned? I think I read Sarah Jessica Parker auditioned for the role. She was there at the time. I'm sure she did. Interesting. Um, it's interesting to think of how different a film could be with. 100%. Any number of people back The sliding door thing. Yeah. Well, there was also the sliding door thing with Jared because David Bowie was not the first pick. Uh, Sting was actually who no. they were looking at. And they had, er, had he early been in stages, Dune at that point? What's that? Had he been in Dune at that point yet? Sting? Um, yeah, I think so. I think that was out in 84, maybe 85, somewhere around right, there. Right. So, yeah, he's got that out. Um, there was also early talk about Mick Jagger or Michael Jackson or Prince. I mean, no, Bowie, Bowie was the choice. Yeah, Bowie was the choice. I mean, and yeah. the great thing about it is Bowie wanted to do a kids movie. Like, uh, you know, Jim Hansen and Frank Oz, those guys. That's they, a kids movie? Well, <laughs> it's, yeah, you know, it's a it is kids actually. Movie. They, they'd already done The Dark Crystal, and 
Hanson's wanting to do this project, but he needs he needs a, a music guy, and that's where right. Bowie steps in and just like, yo, I want to do a kids movie. I'll write you some that's songs. That's the last film Henson directed. And he well. drops Perfect. Underground and Dance Magic Dance. Oh my gosh! He just <laughs> just the first opening scene of him singing "It's Only Forever" gets chills every time. It's epic, <laughs> iconic. Yeah, he he was the perfect choice. Um, he's already popping because of Modern Love and Let's Dance and all China Girl and all that stuff is popping off. By I mean, that. this is a, a a big coming back moment for Bowie. Absolutely, when you think about it, he reinvented like, himself yeah. one more time. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, and the beautiful beautiful thing about this is Bowie did this movie because he wanted to get in with kids. Sure, what did stay he do relevant? With you? you know, yeah. what did he do with you? You oh, were yeah. a kid that he got in with. I mean, that was exactly the reason he did the movie was to make fans That's out true. of young people, and it worked. It's it. I love that it's considered one of the great soundtracks of the '80s. I, you know. Well, I, yes, I didn't of right course. out of the gate. <laughs> so, so right out of the gate, I'm thinking Top Gun. You know, I'm thinking the Murders Row, the ones that always pop up, Dirty Dancing, and you know, to my immediate mind, that's not the first one that pops up. But once I start going about a dozen deeper, so yeah, you start thinking, okay, yeah, there's Labyrinth. Like it actually is that great. Yeah. Like, it really is. He did a really good job. It's like an extended music video in a way, too, kind of. It is. I mean, kind of. They got his, the they got his thing, music video but, you know, shots. Just, yeah. I mean, know, the same the thing. We just did Rock and Roll High School. Same thing. I mean, with these, they're fun musicals, though, a little different than Broadway show music. And I love the different undergrounds. There's the one at the beginning that kind of moves in with the score. And then you got the one at the end that was just full on Harlem choir. With, yeah. You know, Shaka Khan and Luther Vandross and Sissy Houston singing back up. And it's just, it's great. It's a great closing song. It's rousing. Like, that's the word. It's terrific. I agree. Chili Down? Anybody, anybody, anybody here ride with Chili Down? <laughs> Our sound guy, Eric Lucero, loves Chili Down. <laughs> the Fireys weirded me out, I got to admit. Sure. Even, even rewatching this now. When the Fireys are dancing with Jennifer Connelly and they start taking their heads and arms off and whacking That's each other. That's one of my, I love it though. It's so freaky and especially, it's funny because I've talked to so many people um, now about this movie and they were like, how could you like that movie? I got nightmares when I was a kid, <laughs> just specifically because of them taking wow. their heads off and throwing it. I'm like, this is weird. I like it. What about those <laughs> hand creatures they created? I was fascinated by the Oh yeah, the, the That part was kind of freaky. The they had over a hundred... Puppet hands. Speaking that. of that, apparently, I mean, maybe you guys can fact check me on this, but that the the scene where we were first introduced to Bowie, how he has the crystal yeah. and he's doing like the the sleight of hand kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Apparently, there is actually a guy behind him yes. with his arms around him doing. Yes, that. it's on the making it's of. Amazing. Yeah. That, it's so fun. And they had to do so many takes because that guy is a master juggler, but he can't see what he's doing. Yeah. He's got his arm out in front of Bowie, and he's ducked down behind Bowie under a black sheet. And so he's basically having to do it in reverse, and they're showing it on the making of. He's just screwing up left and right, and he's a and he's a brilliant juggler. Yeah. But when you're asked to do it blind and in reverse, it's a totally different ball game. But when he hits it, and the ball spins perfectly, and Bowie's face is right there, it looks terrific. Yeah. It looks amazing. So that is true. You are right about this, Hillary. (laughs) It's just that's a fun one, you know. One of my favorite scenes too, just his introduction. It's incredible. Did the shredding machine freak you out as a kid? Well, yeah. I mean, I think that I think those moments. Um, I think that's the most freaky. Me- yeah, it's the most metal moment in the movie. What do they call it? The cleaner, the cleaners. Yeah, because that's the yeah. only moment where it's like, whoa, she's really in danger. These knives are coming at yeah. her. And they're churning. Uh-huh. And then I love how they break the, her and Hoggle break through the wall. And then as it rolls by, it's just two little goblins bicycling. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best. Like, you see this big monster, and then behind them. that monster is just a little nothing. And that's so that's so Jim Hansen. Like yeah. who do you So I got a question for you. In in uh Jennifer Conley in Sarah's crew. Yeah. Who's your favorite? Didymus. It's Didymus. I agree. The little fox dog thing that just also rides a dog as his horse. <laughs> He's just, you know. Is that her dog? Right? So oh, you, so technically it is. It it is. Yeah. They take Merlin, Merlin her dog, yeah. and they dress it up different mm-hmm. and call it Ambrosius. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite things about the whole movie is the dog on dog puppetry. It's one thing to see a puppet dog riding a real dog. That's it's funny. Hilarious. But when they change angles and suddenly Ambrosius is a puppet and it's a puppet dog riding a puppet dog, <laughs> it's just brilliant. I yeah, love it. Yeah, I just, I, he's just so honorable. He's so loyal, but he's so reasonable, you know? I, I one, love him. The one question he's ridiculous. I do, the one question I do have about Didymus is he lives in the, 
he lives in, in the bog, in the bog of, eternal of eternal stench. stench. And the smell does But he doesn't... can't smell it. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't I'm know like what this... you're talking about. It's glorious. I know. He's like, it's a beautiful morning. <laughs> <laughs> and we're all like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, That was my only question about Didymus. I'm all on board with Didymus, too. He's yeah. my guy. Like, I just... I, yeah, that was the one thing. thing that threw me. He likes the stench. And yeah. I'm like, really? He's just grown used to it. Ludo, he, makes, he makes the best of his situation. Ludo's right wonderful. Yeah, Ludo is another favorite. Yeah. He is. I like just the big, simple giant that doesn't say a lot, but when you really need him, he's there. Yeah. And uh, Oh, yeah, he comes in clutch. I mean, more than anyone, really. Oh, he for sure. He controls the rocks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Saved her from the bog. Yep. Hoggle. What do we think of Hoggle? Well, we, I mean, he's a little flighty, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Hoggle's a Hoggle's bit suspect. Hoggle's a little flighty. side he was because on there a little you, bit. Yeah, Thank he makes you. you question him. He dosed her. Yeah. He dosed her. He's he, dangerous. He straight up Cosby'd her. Like, <laughs> yeah. he knew. He knew. Wow. No, here's the worst part. He knew that that apple was He's a fair-weather friend. He I is. don't know about Hoggle. Hoggle's suspect. <laughs> We're looking at you, side-eye, yeah, Hoggle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When he gives her the he's apple, got that's... Some... That's the part that blew my mind because he knew it was tainted and I gave know. it to her anyway to save his own little no ass. backbone, you know? So Hoggle is our suspect friend in the whole thing. He just wanted those plastic bracelets. That's what he wanted. <laughs> That's what he was in it for. So did you notice that at the very beginning, the, uh, this establishing shot of her crew basically is at the beginning, and it's when the camera pans across her room there at the beginning. Yeah. And you see all of these things in her room. There's a Ludo in the corner. Mm -hmm. There's a Didymus is one of the dolls on her wall. Uh, there's a picture of David Bowie on the wall, mm -hmm. I believe. Um, there's Maurice Syndax where the wild things are is laying there. Cause yep. Hans cause Hanson, Alice in Wonderland, Wizard of... Because Henson is a big where the wild things are fan, so that book is sitting there for that reason. Yeah. And really, it is the spirit animal of this movie. I mean, it yeah. really is mm -hmm. a very similar plot. But all of those things are in her room. And so that's basic. And the labyrinth itself, there's an Escher painting on the mm -hmm, wall. Mm -hmm. Like, so all of this is very, you know. It's foreshadowed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's like, did she just do some really good ayahuasca <laughs> or something? Well, or I was kind of also discussing that was like, I mean, because I don't know. You feel like maybe she's just in a dream or something, but she doesn't appear back like sleep, like waking up. Right. So that was I don't what know. I was curious it's about. It's kind of up in the air. Did she actually defeat the Goblin Green? Did she just right. fall asleep? Right. I had questions about that as well there's also the there's also that weird thing that they don't really go into it in the movie but if you do some reading in the backstory there's that newspaper clipping on her mirror that's about an actress and apparently that's her mom and bowie's the guy in the photo in the newspaper clip wow and apparently I her mom that. was a well-known actress who left her and her family to go be with this actor guy and this is why Whoa, Bowie. You did some digging. Uh -huh. Wow. <laughs> and this is why Bowie is huh. the manifestation of, you know, sort of darkness or evil, whatever to her, is because this guy ran off with her mom. And now he's trying to take her and this baby. So wow. that's kind of a thing wow. in the background wow. that they never really touch on in the movie, but it's just there. It's, it's on just the mirror. It's stepmom story. And that's, like... you know, that kind of feeds into her yeah. doing her lines at the beginning of the movie. She's a young, aspiring actress herself. Right. You know, so in that regard, she's kind of like her mom. Well, and then the one line that she can't remember, which is really such a simple line, but, <laughs> you know, we come full circle at the end. That's how she gets out of it. Right. You have no power over me. That's great. So much foreshadowing. I was fascinated by the time they finally get to the Goblin King's door, his right. door. And I noticed two little containers off to the left. It looked like I, I was like, "What the hell is that?" It's almost like somebody left bottles on the on the set, but they weren't that. It looks like the Goblin King gets milk delivered. What I can tell. That was just fascinating. Well, it's probably for all the babies that he steals. Something right at that door. Just there's a couple milk bottles. So you're there. telling so he gets me milk Sarah, delivery. Sarah just needed to hook up with the milkman, and she would have avoided all of that. Probably, so much. maybe, because he's got the shortcut. Also, <laughs> though, there is a shortcut. Are <laughs> we going to talk about the worm? Yeah, I love the worm. <laughs> Are we going to talk about the worm? We have to talk about the worm because none of this movie is necessary if she just listens Had to listened the worm. Had listened to the damn worm. I know. You know what we're talking Those, about, Piles here? Yeah, yeah, the worm. Yeah, she tells the, her to go The little British, little British worm with the spiky haircut and the scarf. Yeah, and, he's, and she turns right. She's like, don't go that way. And then she goes, oh, thank you, and goes left. And she's like, no, just go straight. Wah, wah. Yeah, should have just kept going on that way. <laughs> you would have went straight don't to the castle. Don't go that way. <laughs> what was the creature that helped her find the passageway through the wall further down? Are you when talking she about kept the walking, wise? She keeps walking, and there's no exit. Then she meets some creature. 
That's not the worm at that that's point. That's the worm. That is the worm. Yeah. That's the worm in the little eyes and the yeah, the eyes. little plants. But she yeah. realizes there's a yeah. passageway but right But really, there could, if she just kept walking through the walls, she would have gone right she there. She would have been yeah. fine. And then, yeah. of course, she That's goes, not a movie, then. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> and she goes, so she goes Pretty to Pretty frustrating, though. And she runs into our boy, Hoggle. Our bo- no, desecrating our boy, maybe. The, yeah, maybe. Desecrating the labyrinth. Urinating on the labyrinth. Yeah, that, that was pool. hilarious. That's our first introduction to this character. Is him taking a piss. Like, yeah, it's fitting. See, this is a kid's film still. Like that, that, <laughs> that alone, that scene alone. I'm like, wait a minute, what? That's a bad. I do have to admit, even as even when I was like in little middle school or high school, you know, like the bubble masquerade ball. I was like, mm-hmm. I want to be in a bubble masquerade, falling in love with Bowie. You know, how could you not? He's looking at you. He's walking at you from walking <laughs> yeah. towards you from across the room. It's kind of dark. It is, and the, there's a little age-appropriate issue there. Yeah. He's, he's thousands of years old, and, <laughs> and she's 16. <laughs> she's 16. Yeah, it's But, you know, it was 86, so it still flew back then, barely. It's questionable. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that the bubble masquerade scene. That just, was pretty great. Yeah. The song is great, right. too. Oh, amazing. As the world falls down. Yeah, it's terrific. Incredible. I feel like in, it just... It just, you know, from the very beginning, it just was going to do great because it's Bowie and he's writing a, a soundtrack for a movie. And, of course, it's going to be incredible. I don't think it did amazingly great, though, in the States. It seemed like it did much better in Europe. And then, so, but overall, right. it did, it's become more well, of a cult fitting. favorite. It's more of a thing in Britain. Right. Like, of course, where Bowie's bigger, I guess. But he's huge here, too. But uh, I just remember this. When you picked Labyrinth, I was just like, I didn't even blink. Like, it was like... Oh, yeah, Labyrinth. So I was being a video store manager guy from the 90s. I Oh, I forgot. About yeah, that. I, spent my, I spent it in the aisles, man. <laughs> so I, I knew my female coworkers. There was like a murderer's row of movies that were just always in the playlist that they like wanted to watch all the time. And it was like Grease and Pretty Woman and Adventures in Babysitting. You know, when Clueless came along, that became mm-hmm. one of them. But... Labyrinth was always one of them. Labyrinth was always played all the time. Like women between there's a there's a sweet spot between 25 and 55 where women just worship this movie. Well, they love it. It's just this like beautiful balance of adventure and like kind of weird sinister sexiness with Bowie's super tight tights and his lip gloss and <laughs> there's just so much 80s glam and there's glitter absolutely everywhere. Right. And, it's just and, really a spectacle. And here's the other super cool thing about this movie, and this is what I really love. Representation matters. And in today's world, we get all of that. Everybody gets represented. <clears throat> Hollywood goes out of its way now to make sure everybody gets represented. And there's still yeah. work to do, but they're doing a really good job these days. In, ni- in the mid-'80s, it was all Stand By Me. It was all Explorers. It was all the, you know, by 90, it was still The Sandlot. It was still all these movies where these little boys were the hero. And if mm. there was a little girl, she was just along for the ride. Right. She wasn't the one making all of everything happen. This is completely shattered in Labyrinth. There is no boy to be found in Labyrinth. Yeah. She is the hero. And if you're a young woman at that time, I mean, right. my God, what a great... Well, and again, in reference to the line that she couldn't remember, you know, she was almost taken over by, you know, the spell that he was putting on her. Right. And she said, you have no power over me. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Saved her brother. You know, I remember loving the Dark Crystal and going to see that, but yeah, I don't... Maybe again, like the story, it just geared more towards a, a female audience or, you know, being that I was in my 20s, maybe it just didn't right. appeal to me. Dark Crystal, on the other hand, but that yeah. was... Other than the characters and some of the, the Henson type stuff to it, but uh, well, there was there's there was the there was a moment where all, there was all those little mythology things coming out where we had the animated Last Unicorn, yeah, and and this Labyrinth. Those were the two that the girls liked. The guys were like Dark Crystal, and we <laughs> and we loved Legend. You know, yeah. all those movies came out at the same time, and so there was just this thing happening. Labyrinth is easily well. I shouldn't say easily the best one because Tangerine Dream does a hell of a soundtrack on <laughs> on Legend. So, and Legend, oddly enough, is being filmed right next door to this one. Wow! I mean, what a what synergy! And Mia Sarah next door, you know, uh, Ferris's girl, she's in Legend. She meets Brian Henson, Jim Henson's son, who's filming Labyrinth. Uh huh. And they get married. True story. True story. Legend <laughs> and Labyrinth are wow. filming next door, and Mia Sarah and <laughs> Brian or uh, Jim Hansen's kid, they get together. That's awesome. That I'm just awesome. fascinated by the work on that film, though. It is, it is truly a work of art, just with all the 
the puppetry alone and Jim Hansen. Let's write it. Let's write a love letter to Jim Hansen, right? Yeah, now. you just think about all the time and work and imagination that had to go into creating yeah, all of like those creatures. People working Hoggle, I believe, and <laughs> oh, so check Incredible. this out: Ludo and the Junk Lady take ten people to do those each. Wow, that is that was wild to me. It must I have mean, been so fun to be a part of that. God, I wonder how much drugs they did. <laughs> I think there was forty-eight to fifty working puppeteers on the dance magic dance scene <laughs> the dance magic dance scene right. i think there's 50 puppeteers working there that's just amazing i mean and also I, one thing i love in the behind the scenes making of is they're showing bowie doing his thing but you can see the puppets going and then you can see the puppeteers down below and they're not only working the puppets but they're doing the voices at the same time amazing it's amazing just truly talent. talented truly talented people it is incredible talent on display there and they're in the moment, and you know Bowie's being Bowie, but here's these puppeteers having to not look at Bowie, but move their puppeteers, their puppets correctly, being character, the whole and thing, and do the voice. Yeah. Like wildly talented people, just crazy talented. Yeah, it is fun to watch all that, just all of it, like the choreography and what goes into it. It's it's on another level compared to Sesame Street or any of that. Oh I mean, yeah, it's. I mean, the puppets are big and small. He was building to this. Like, that whole 70s, everything he was doing with the Muppets, it was just all building to, like, this is where I'm going to show off. This is where I'm going to show a big production of what I can really do. And he does it. Yeah. I mean, it's terrific. The have you watched thing. the Electric Mayhem series yet on Disney Plus? I have not. <laughs> I should. I know I should. I, I need to. Is it good? I've read reviews. It looks great. They I dropped just, an I, album. I watch it. Yeah, yeah, they got an album. Did exactly. you listen to it? No, I haven't. I, I'm, I'm going to do it one I of I was going to order it. On vinyl. I just need to get Ooh. some. I just need to get some super primo, you know, Alaska Thunderfuck or something, something to, <laughs> something to just set the mood, you know, smoky wise for to settle I'm in sure with the electric no problem mayhem. There. Like so, so someday I'm gonna do that. But uh, Jim Hansen is just wonderful. We lost another one. We lost way too soon. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I know he's CGI is creeping up at this moment. It's actually in the opening credits. You know, as much as we, you know don't like CGI more. We complain about how, you know, when we talk to each other off the camera here, we're, yeah. we don't like CGI as much anymore. It ruined the flash. It's ruining a bunch of other stuff. And yeah. it's so refreshing to see the practical effects in this movie and what they Well, it's through. funny because you almost like, I almost want to say that the CGI stuff is cheesy when really probably these puppets and stuff would be kind of cheesy, but it's really not. It's no. just, it's like true magic in filmmaking. Absolutely. And this, so the snow owl in the beginning is the first Supposedly the first CGI in a big movie. That's the that way yeah. it flies away and everything. And I'm or like, the, also the snake. It's ironic though to me that the that's snake. the first big CGI moment in film. But this is a movie that relies so much on practical effects. Like is the yeah. owl Bowie? Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, we're talking Jim Henson well, here. Well, it's let's it's, let's go, let's roll it back a minute to the Muppets. Do you have <laughs> an actual favorite Muppet? I don't know. It's really funny. Show? I actually was asked this not that long ago. Yeah. I honestly didn't watch a whole lot of it. Okay. Growing up. Okay. Yeah. So I, I'm animal. Animal. Yeah. yeah. That's oh, a pretty easy, standard one. Easy yeah. answer. Okay. So but also the Swedish Chef. Swedish Chef. <laughs> great. I think Kermit is an easy answer for a lot of people. I think. Well, that's yeah. That's you go almost, back and dissect Miss Piggy, easy. and it's a little more problematic because she's terribly abusive. But. But she's so glamorous. Gonzo. I mean, she is glamorous, great. but she's very abusive. Okay. <laughs> she is. You brought up the right one. For me, I love Gonzo. He's his heart is the purest. Like, <laughs> it is. Kermit is the leader, but Gonzo is just the heart of the Muppets. His heart is pure. He, you know, he puts up a lot of crap because he's kind of ugly, and like he just wants to date a chicken. Like you relate to Gonzo. He just wants to date <laughs> a chicken. He just wants to find a lady. That's like, all he wants. Simple man. And uh. he, you know, he's always so sweet, and these horrible things befall him, and he gets thrown around the set all the time. And it's just like, I just love Gonzo. I think he's just the absolute sweetheart. I think he's the overlooked one. I well, I did you. get I a dog recently. Uh, adopted kind of fell into my hands. It ended up in front of our house, and he looks like Fozzie Bear a little bit. So nice. We do have uh, a Fozzie Bear. You named him Fozzie. We named him Fozzie. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's adorable. Fozzie. I got him a little hat too. I'm gonna get him a bow tie next. <laughs> and he's gonna go waka 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 waka. Run around. So the what? Exactly. What kind of facts do you have on on Ludo? How many people it took to to control? That I saw ten. What? I read ten. Yeah. I mean, they and they had the person in the suit. And I mean, they had to cut the suit down because it was just it's huge. It's huge, and it, and Hanson was like, "If this thing's over a hundred pounds, you're just gonna kill the actor in it." Yeah. So they had to cut it down to like seventy, seventy-five pounds, just so that it could be filmed. 
but you know there's 10 people working that thing crazy the junk lady is almost it's almost foreboding it's almost like a, a warning about she's hoarding. actually probably the scariest part of the movie yeah and she's a she's massive, creepy she's a massive hoarder i mean she's just piling stuff on like there's a point where she's, she's trying to distract her yeah kinda. and she throws a wizard of oz book on there if you mm -hmm. notice she throws a copy of the wizard of oz on there at one point and you're like yep that tracks that, that that's a you know yeah inspiration yeah. for this film Another fun fact about my history with Labyrinth is when I was, when MySpace was a thing. Yes. You know how you could choose MySpace songs? <laughs> <laughs> my MySpace song for years was Dance Magic Dance. Huh. And I got just torn apart for it. <laughs> just torn apart. But who's cool now? <laughs> That's what matters. You Probably look still not me. No. Those people suck and you look uber cool well, now. Also, I at least have stuck with it because now I have um, a like 10 hour long uh, funk and disco playlist that I named Dance Magic Dance. <laughs> so the nerding out just continues. It's continued. It's been consistent at least. And you have a Bowie tattoo. <clears throat> I do. Yeah. It's that It's deep. a little bit like, yeah, it's that deep. It runs deep. deep. It does. Yeah, because I mean, obviously, you know, Labyrinth was my introduction to Bowie, but then as I you know, got a little bit older and got off the mountaintop a little bit where yeah. I grew up, um, had exposure and found his music. And Did and, you ever uh, see him live? No. no. Do you have a favorite Bowie album? I do. It's actually kind of tied to my tattoo, too. Um, tattoo, too. It's uh, Rise and Fall of uh, Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. Of course. From It's just from from front to back. Yeah. That's my favorite Bowie album. It's a Bowie perfect album. album. I agree. That's the one I would But play. actually, my favorite... It's funny because that's my my full favorite album, but my favorite Bowie song is "Lady Grinning Soul" off Aladdin Sane. Incredible, it's just a masterpiece. You know, Michael Jackson almost played. I know. The King? Can you imagine how terrible that would have been? And Maurice Sendak wasn't pleased really with the similarities been, to his work. He would have been. Yeah, Darth well, Maurice, Vader was on set. Yeah, but Maurice ain't the type who's gonna sue him. What? Did you just say Darth Vader uh, yeah. was on set? Uh, executive producer George Lucas was on hand for the first day of filming and surprised the cast and crew by arranging for Darth Vader to hand Jim Henson a good luck card. Oh, my gosh. That's well, amazing. Okay. Uh, why not? R2's on the set. Kenny Baker's there. Yeah. So let's do it. Sounds like a super group of people. Totally. And Jareth's magic dance refers to a Cary Grant Shirley Temple movie. There's wow. a lot of... Really weird facts. A lot of hidden movie. stuff in here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you also asked me to think of a playlist. Yes. Yeah, so every once in a while when we're, when we're uh, watching these movies, we kind of have thought to ourselves, the crew, we're like, we kind of want to get in the heads of one of the characters. So it, it, I don't know if it's be a category we'll do all the time, but we kind of have a little thing we called what's on, what's on Gandalf's playlist. And it's basically inspired by Gandalf from Lord of the Rings. So we were sitting around one day talking about what we, you know, what would Gandalf listen to? Wait, I also want to know what you came up with for that before we get into mine. Full on. And I 100% guarantee on this. And I know Orion. Our, our 100% guarantee. Orion, Orion no agrees question. with me on this. Gandalf listens to 1349. He's like rocking Dark Throne. He's rocking Immortal, Abbath. Like, he's a black metal guy. I actually buy that. And when, oh, no, no, here's even better. So when he invites a chick over or whoever his personal lover is, I don't care which side you go, he listens to like Nightwish and shit. He like tones it down a little bit to, well, to yeah, symphonic different vibes. metal. <laughs> and then when he's really just chilling in the mornings and drinking his like morning coffee, he's just, you know, listening to Wagner and like yeah. the harder classical stuff. Oh, right? yeah. So, you know, you get inside it's the refined head. refined also. Yeah, so you kind of get inside. This is a little project we do where we get inside the head of a character. So we thought that's what he listens to. So every now and then when we're watching a movie, we kind of want to get in the head of a character. So you have one for us. I do. It's Ludo. It's Ludo. I have a backstory, too. Fuck yeah, <laughs> let's do this. All right. He's lived a hard life, mm -hmm. you know? He's seen a lot. He, maybe he's a war vet. I don't know. He's been through a lot in his life. He's in his <laughs> later years. People think they can just push him around because he's such a gentle guy, but it's really just because he's seen so much in his life. And now he just wants to live a peaceful life. He wants to listen to some stoner rock. I just imagine him with some Grateful Dead. Okay. Some Grateful Dead. Some John Denver. <laughs> some boy. Bob. Some a country boy. He's just a country boy at heart. Uh, we got yes, Against the Wind, Bob Seger. I can see him just <laughs> closing his eyes after a long day. Sitting up on top of the labyrinth. Yeah. 
wind blowing through his he's fur. seen so much and no one's ever gonna know half of it you know <laughs> and he's like don't trust that hoggle guy venture a highway america yeah. america he knows more than than we think that he does yeah, yeah. i love this this is exactly <laughs> why we do what's yeah. on gandalf's playlist that's just what i i don't know i just i, I saw him and i'm like yeah. that's that's I love gotta it. Be it. In my head, That's I'm reading his iPod. I, I, in, <laughs> well, so he's kind of mopey. So in my head, I'm reading Portishead or something like that from the 90s. But no, he's road worn. Yours man. is way better. Yeah, he's road worn. Yours is way better. I like that one way better. <laughs> Some credence, maybe? Oh, of course. Country boy. Oh, yeah. Some credence. Absolutely. Yeah. I like Charlie, it. I Charlie like what Daniels you did there. band, maybe? Is Charlie mm -hmm. Daniels out yet? I like what you did there, Hillary. Yep. Thank That's you. Why we I do, really... That's why we bring up the category. Yeah. And we may not do it every every one of these episodes, but every once in a while we're going to do it when there's a character that demands it. You know, it. I, didn't, I didn't force it either. Yeah, I no. just kind of thought, you know, like through the cast and was like, I see it. Yeah. I see you, Ludo. You just look at you that face and you're going, that guy listens to America. Yeah. <laughs> it's just all over, all over him. He's into the three guitar attack. <laughs> was any of the tracks released like music video style from the movie? You know, being that they're, they're songs of Bowie in full production, like where they were shown on MTV uh, in 1980. They weren't versus. here. I think they might have been overseas. What was it, Underground or, or As the World Falls Down? I think those were the two singles, maybe, uh, as I recall reading. But, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, it was never in rotation on MTV. He didn't get love like for that. that. Yeah. Like, although he should have. but He should have. Yeah, I wonder if they were ever released like a music video. Like, can you go see... What, if you go search that song, yeah, I'm sure you can find it. It's just a clip. It clip just wasn't played, film. right? It just didn't make the MTV rotation. We haven't talked about the wise men yet, though, with the sassy hat. The old man with the hat, and they just bicker the entire time. The two guys. Yeah, it's the old man, and he's got the weird bird hat. Yeah, yeah. I love that guy. That's oh, another yes, favorite yes, yes, character. Yes, yes, yes. I got gotcha. you. Incredible. I honestly hat. think he should have had more screen time. He was pretty enjoyable. He was pretty background. Yeah. Very background, but hard hitter, you know. Yeah, he does come running into all of his scenes, pretty much. Mm -hmm. And there's the big fight at the end where it's almost G.I. Joe animated TV show. Like, <laughs> there's all this violence going on, and there's nobody's getting hurt. Nobody's right, getting right. Killed. Well, like, there's no deaths. Not. Like, it's, Of course not. Nobody gets killed in the labyrinth, for real. Can't. But it was actually quite reasonable, too. When you watch, when you watch it. Yeah. It's like he didn't he didn't ha like there was no contract sign. He didn't have to do any of this for her. No. He didn't have to give her hours to complete the labyrinth. He could have been like, sorry, it's my baby now. Or even he if was, my baby. It's my baby. He's actually back quite ribs. reasonable. Yeah, even before even before Dance Magic Dance, mm -hmm. he's like, What have you goblins done? You know? He's like, like it's out of his control. Yeah. It's like I gotta <laughs> clean up another one of your damn messes. Like <laughs> that's really what it was. Like so you've, oh, great, you've kidnapped another one. Yeah. Like, okay, I'll turn it into a goblin in 13 hours, but I don't really want to do yeah. this. Yeah. Like, he not was a giving menace. a lot of leeway. Yeah, he's not an evil bad guy. No. no, he's really not. He's just kind of running the labyrinth. He's confused. Yeah. He's confused. So, confused. So, okay, so is he, is, here, another age-inappropriate question, is he in love with Sarah? He is supposed to be in love with Sarah. He is in love with Sarah. Okay. I had questions about that, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I kind well, of felt actually, he did. It's uh, when she's reading the play, it said in the beginning, it says something like the Goblin King had fallen in love with the girl. Okay. That's right. And I actually did fact check it. Cause I'm like, but was he? Yeah. That's why I wasn't sure. And so I looked it up and it, I mean, according to the beautiful World Wide web, <laughs> maybe they just wanted to think it. He's supposed to be. I think that's what they're supposed to kind of make you feel in in the the masquerade scene, also. Right. But it's a little creepy, you know. And so in the end, she just basically emasculates him or whatever. She just says, "Yo, bro, you ain't got no power over me. Peace." Yeah, just like that. It's kind of a simple ending. It like, is kind of funny how like uh, delicate of a balance uh, this entire movie, like the things that it was writing off of, not taking the worm's advice. Right. All she had to do was remember the one simplest line of the whole play. That was really, it was really like a pretty delicate no balance here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> 25 yeah. rewrites, I think I, I read. There were a lot of rewrites on this. Oh, my God. But she's on her discovery, right? She's, that's, she's on her own mission. The, the story of the film was yeah. for her to find, what, compassion? Her power. Or, and her power. Her power, you know? Yeah. And compassion, yeah. She was a brat at the beginning. I mean, yeah. Sure. It's like, but it's weird because, you know, she's teen. got the... The evil stepmother, kind of, you know? I mean, that's she's supposed to be the evil yeah. stepmother, I'm she's assuming. Yeah, she's portrayed as that, for sure. But, like, what was the part of the backstory? You say in the foot, there's a photo 
which probably shows her real mother with yes. Bowie. And yeah, yeah. there's I'm a news- go back and look for that. Yeah, it's I a know. Newspa- I actually haven't noticed that. It's either. a newspaper clipping on the mirror, and it alludes to you know. Yeah, her I noticed mom all being the books and stuff, Sure, because that would be an interesting part of the story because you got to catch that right yeah you don't catch that stuff on first time viewing no. that's no, the stuff you, you catch after you've watched the movie a bunch yeah. of times absolutely yep you had also mentioned to me before being a movie since we're here talking movies you're a wes anderson fan i do love wes anderson wes anderson. i mean i feel like he's amazing I feel like most sure. people do but oh he just had a new one come out too asteroid city yep have you seen it not yet i'm gonna actually the whole band because the whole band is a wes anderson uh, our Wes Anderson fans. Bring it. I want to hear this. You're all going to the movie together, We're right? all going to go to the movie together. Shit. We're going to have some pony bonding time. <laughs> Woo. You're yeah. going to corral up at the old Asteroid yeah, City? Yeah, that was a good one. I like um, that. Yeah. We we were texting about it, and um, we all were like, let's just go have a dumb little date and see it together. You I do band outings a lot like that, kind of? No. I mean, we work so, so much. You know, there's... You know, we practice and see each other probably, I mean, at least three times a week. So we're with each other a lot anyway. Right, right. But when we're out on the road, and uh, then, yeah, we'll, we'll go out, like, in between shows and after, you know, on tour and stuff and have a good time together. We all have uh, so much fun together. But, yeah, this will I'm, be our first official yeah. band date. Your team bonding time. You're really... I mean, it's exciting what's ahead of you guys right now, too. I mean, yeah. the tour and mm-hmm. new album and... You guys are investing in yourself as a band. We really are, I see quite a bit where you're working with a company I I work with called The Syndicate, and they work with radio stations and media outlets all over the country. Yeah. You know, it's exciting to to see what can happen for Lee Pony and and what new fans you can bring because, you know, so many bands get stuck here. Yeah. They really do. And, you you know, I think you deserve to be heard by a a larger audience. And it isn't about getting signed by a record label anymore. No. It's about... You got to do your own due diligence and do your own thing, and so it's a lot of hard work. It yeah. really is, but I mean, it's. Uh, I'm gonna get a little bit mushy for one second about my band just because I love them so much. But it's a pretty incredible time that I think we're all recognizing where there's, you know, uh, five of us that are just willing to give it everything that we have, nice. which is really kind of a rare thing, especially as you get older, you know, and you have other responsibilities yeah. pop up and. I think we um, really recognize how special of a time it is right now that we're kind of like really hitting the ground running and um, we all just have this like laser like goal with each other to just give it absolutely everything we can and just really invest in it. It's a really cool thing. Super super awesome. You brought Uh, in some big big name to produce your album. Yeah, uh, his name is Trevor Spencer. Uh, Incredible, incredible producer and engineer and um just has such such a good ear um, he's worked with some names some big names i can't remember he's the worked with beach house fleet foxes father john misty nice um so yeah he has you know a really cool history behind him and his story of how he got into it is so cool too he was just uh doing sound for shows no okay. he actually started by working in, an, in a studio and the fleet foxes came in and kind of kind of poached him nice because he's just incredible just, cool. Yeah. Was that where did you record it then? So we uh, he has a studio called Way Out Studio in Seattle, and so last summer we flew out a couple times, and um, I think we ended up taking like four, four trips, a couple weeks at a time. Okay. And uh, would fly up there and just stay in his studio, because uh, he built an apartment. It's nice. a it's a converted barn. Oh wow! Just in this, in the middle of this, like gorgeous. Did super you watch green a lot of watch. movies in these periods? You must have been hanging out. We at did, night. yeah. <laughs> well, but the the awesome thing though is that we got to stay in the in the studio with the instruments, yeah, yeah. and so he has, you know, amazing like uh, upright pianos, and so at the end of the night, after a day of recording, we would just play music. Nice. At night, yeah. Make make dinner, and oh, we yeah. would either practice the songs that we were going to record the next day, or we would write new songs and. Um, really, really special place. Really special time. Yeah. Did you shoot video and document the whole experience? We did. We got a ton of pictures. I got lots. Of, I seem to be the person that takes video in the <laughs> in the group just because I want to have it to document it. You yeah. Know? But um, yeah, it was such a cool experience. And Trevor was. We just want to work with him forever now. Incredible. Such a cool. clear. Such a such Glad a you fun. Met him. Yeah. That's amazing. He was worth all the traveling up there for for yeah, sure. Yeah. Right. 
Next mm-hmm. time, get him to come down here, maybe. I know. We'll find him a studio. Well, and it'll be, I know. Um, Seattle, that time of the year, though, was incredible. Because it stays light until like 10 p.m. Yeah. Because we went during the summertime. That's amazing. So it just was a magical little time to be doing that. Can you see the northern lights up there sometimes? Not, I mean, not while I was there. I'm not sure if you can, but I didn't look for it. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> the Goblin King will show you the way. Mm. That's what he's there for. <laughs> That's what he's there for. I'll show you his Goblin car. Oh, my. Sure that is a local band, by the way, right? I know. we got to talk to Rob Crow yeah, about yeah. that because we, we seriously suspect that Goblin that's, Talk came from this that's movie. That's the connection there. So whenever we get Rob on here, we need to ask him. By the way, I love your Muppet Treasure Island coffee mug. Thank you. I'm glad you. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I'm so sorry that I didn't. I'm like that. the movie itself. I'm hiding Ooh. little things on this podcast that sure. you can't even see. That's a Muppet Treasure Island mug, by the way. That's not like a hit. That was a bomb Muppet movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's Cuddy. All on Disney Plus right now. That's how much I love Henson. Right, golly. I've got a whole rack of collectible mugs of movies. It's just silly, random ones that you just wouldn't believe. You'll see them throughout this podcast. Yeah, I'll have I to bring like in I some of my it. collectibles. <laughs> Got too many. When we do Star Wars, I'll bring my droid and I'll bring my lightsaber. Does someone have Star Wars locked in? Not, Not yet, yet, I don't think. Not Someone's yet. going to at some point. We'll have Orion. We do just it. may have to let Piles do New Hope. <laughs> I think we just may have to let you do New Hope. I mean, sure. that's just right. where it all started. Like, yeah. Because I know for you, it's it's it's. It's a lifestyle. It's not just a, you love this movie. I it's, was 11 years old, and I won tickets from yeah. B100 to go to a, a pre-screening of it Yeah. Uh, in Mission Valley. Yeah. And you wow. go to Disney. You go to the Star Wars Experience. You yeah. go to all that stuff all yeah. the time. Yeah. Like, you we signed up it. for life. Pretty much. Cool. Well, is there anything else you want to add about this film that, that you loved that we haven't touched on? I mean, You had some notes there. I, I, oh, I, I mean, I kind of touched you did on them. them I love that you brought in notes. This I, is, I take it seriously. You did your homework. I really, I, this movie has such a special place in my heart. And it's just like its own little universe, you know? And also tying back to kind of where I grew up and there wasn't really a lot of things to do. I, sure. I, it was a, at least a 20-minute drive to the nearest anything. There's nothing. And so really, growing up, we were kind of really reliant on our imaginations. And so I think anything like this that came like into our little universe, we just dove so far into, the, into it because you can play with your imagination so much with it. So I really think, I mean, it's kind of, you know, why people end up nerding out about this kind of stuff. Yeah. But, well, if anybody has not seen the film... If you're a Bowie fan, you have to see it. Yep. If you're a, a Muppet Sesame Street Henson fan, you have to see it. Yes. Like there's no so doubt. many reasons. Um, but yeah, it's from '86, right? 1986. Yes. There's mm-hmm. some elements you might be like, just watch it. It's a fun film, and for those reasons alone, it's a it's a masterpiece. They it, ab- it really is. is. They absolutely do not make them like this anymore. Yeah, no. yeah. It's too These costly. Also, I feel like they straight up just poured glitter on the entire set, <laughs> just everywhere. <laughs> It's just well, glammy and moody and Litter makes everything better. Yeah, it really does. Except floors at music venues. Yes. <laughs> but the Henson legacy lives on. Like I said, they've got the new uh, thing on Disney Plus with the uh, uh, the Electric Mayhem band, and that's kind of cool. You yeah. Know, that, 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 his legacy will go on for a long time, and, and it was fun to watch because I honestly have to admit, watching it, I the image in my head is only the image of him and the hair and Jennifer Connelly, I honestly don't think I'd ever seen it until yeah. two nights ago. So thanks. Oh, yeah. Appreciate that. That's what we're here for. Yeah, no, it's fun. It was really fun. So fun. It is, you know? And I was fascinated by the milk bottles, or whatever that was. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. weird. That is very weird. But yeah, we're looking forward to, to supporting your band. And uh, I know I tried to get a Casbah show happening, but you're more than welcome. Lead Pony is invited to play here anytime. Thanks, Tim. And uh, what's the website? Leadponymusic.com? Uh, lead yeah, um, so what the heck is our website? We never, I, I don't go on the website. Just look up Lead Pony. Yeah. And it looks like lead, too, I guess. It does but look like lead, lead, too. It's lead. Damn it, it's Lead Pony. Like, who would be stupid enough to call themselves Because lead I know. Pony? How dare you, and it's the same exact word. <laughs> lead Zeppelin. What would we just kind of roll with it now, I mean. though. It, that would be really funny if it was L-E-D Pony. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. We're lead, lead Pony Inc. We got fun with that one on, yeah. on the social media. Like so yeah, that's like the lead pony Spotify, on, a, on a, Apple Music, a pack, all of it. a trail pack ride is the lead pony or what is the yeah. lead pony? It's, it is really just what it sounds. We uh, got sick of our old band name. Obviously, you know, you've known us since then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was and, the old um, name again? 
Oh, it was sparrow. I kind of like that. Okay, that was it. But, but not it like a sparrow not bird. Not like a sparrow, which not is like exactly why we were like, this is dumb. I was, we were like 17 when we made it. It was just time. It was like ERO. It. it wasn't S-P-E-R-O. Did it yeah. mean yeah. anything, though? It did. It did. Is that a real word? It is. Okay. Um, It means hope. Hope. But, um, yeah, so we all were just kind of sitting around, and band names are, like, such a weird thing to try to figure out anyway, you know? I just booked a band, and they're called the Drearies, and I go online. I just go online, right? Who do I find? There's a band in Vancouver called the Drearies. I don't think it's the same San Diego band, but how hard is it to do a Google search for your band name these days? It's not like the old days. You had to pick up Cream Magazine or Rolling Stone. Anyway. Yeah, I love it. I, we wish you the best. We, Thanks. You're just such a sweet, lovely human being, and uh, I feel blessed to call you my friend and your band. And we Absolutely. love you. And thank you, know, you, Tim. We're excited to watch what's going to happen to Lead Pony. Yeah, thank you so much. You've always been such a support. Yeah, yeah. That's why we ask you to be on first. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. We knew it would oh, be magical. I'm so so happy to be here. This is so fun. Is this first or second? I thought Rock and Roll High School's first. Rock and Roll High School's first. Okay, so you're second. Amongst the, amongst <laughs> the first. It's all good. Somewhere You're always there. first in our hearts. Oh, thank you. Thank goodness. It's gorgeous. out now. Pick it yes. up. Buy one copy for your mom. Is it coming out on vinyl? Yes, and it all is. Those, all those fun things. Cool. Yes, it is. We have it on some fun tangerine vinyl. Oh. Could be yours. That's so exciting. Really yep. is. You know, looking forward to it. Thanks. Thank Dram, you, guys. are we good? We're good. Let's do this. Sweet. This has been Soundcheck Flicks, live from the Casbah, maybe, live on tape. And uh, we appreciate your support of the Casbah. Always check the Casbah website for any upcoming shows. And always be nice to Graham at the door. Usually you can find him. And, and don't overdo it yeah. in the mosh pit, okay? Yeah. He'd appreciate it. Right? I do appreciate that. I don't want to have to show you the door. <laughs> and believe me, he will. <laughs> well, thank this you, guys. Is, yeah, Hillary, big round of applause. <laughs> Soundcheck Flicks, thank you for watching and listening. Have a great week. Hey, SCF fans, join us next week as we'll be kid and play kickstepping all night long at the greatest house party ever. Tune in next week to see who our guest is.